0: I'm Mike. I'm Athena. Welcome to No So In, a production of So In Tourism.
1: And today we're talking to Emily Dippy, the public art administrator for the city of
0: Jeffersonville. We talked about the value of public art, the NoCo Arts and Cultural Districts, and the future of public art in Jeff. Athena, I did not know
1: how many pieces of public art we have in the area because I feel like when those pieces of art have just been part of your daily. There's a tendency for you, they just become kind of the wallpaper, you know? Uh, And so this conversation gave us a chance to kind of take stock of just how much we've grown in that regard. Um, It it was was a fascinating conversation, and I I really... Today we are uh, really happy to be joined by Emily Dippy, who is, is this title correct? Public Art Administrator for the City of Jeffersonville.
2: Yes, that is my title. Um, It is a lot of words to mean aesthetics monkey. But yes, uh, Public Art Administrator for the City of Jeffersonville.
1: Before you had this position, what were you doing?
2: So before I was in this position, I was actually a high school art teacher. So I was teaching at Christian Academy of Indiana, um, and I was a one-woman high school art department. Um, What what year is, out of curiosity? August of 2017 till December of 2020. So. Oh, it would have been the school yeah.
1: years. I would say. Yeah, no. So, so you were a teacher. So, you do. Do you did you have like an official like art arts background? Did you go like Did you go to school with with ideas to to be?
2: Yeah. So, I graduated from Murray State University, um, and my degree is actually I have a, a degree in art and a degree in education. Okay. So, my media emphasis at Murray was in sculpture, and then I actually worked for the Murray State newspaper as a freelance photographer. So I would say those are kind of my two media that I emphasized in in school. Um, And I always had intentions of – I never really set out to be a freelance artist. I um, went into art school with an understanding that – where I wanted to wind up was in enabling other people to make art and to do that well so that's where the education degree came from
1: so that kind of like it's kind of a natural progression from what you were interested in back in Murray State to your your role here as public art administrator
2: yeah so I actually I had the opportunity while I was at Murray State I um actually got an internship at the Museum of Fine Arts Boston uh, in their museum education section. And that internship then blossomed into a thesis project um, studying different ways that museum education happened all over uh, our nation. And then specifically, um, I worked with the National Gallery in Prague looking at European education strategies and from that large project, I got very interested in third space art education. So not inside the school, not inside um, our larger arts institutions, but how it happens in our communities and how our communities interact with our arts organizations, and how the incredibly develop incredibly exciting, developing, Opportunities that are happening um, when these different organizations come together. So when um, this role became available for uh, to be applied for, it was it was a very exciting thing to jump into. Um, it really stemmed from my love of education and the development of that thesis project. So
1: why is community engagement with art? important
2: well first i would say community engagement with art is important because it is a very concrete way to give back to your community in a positive way so when you participate in a community art project you're making your community more beautiful while you're also giving back to yourself Um, there are many research studies that show the health benefits of interacting with the arts in lowering stress and um, providing um, more creative expression in your life allows for better health outcomes overall but then you also get this beautiful thing in your community that you helped construct which builds your ownership and your love of your community Uh, and then that beautiful thing that exists in your community also helps boost economics It helps boost tourism and helps boost your local businesses. So there's, no, there's nothing bad about interacting with the arts because you get a health benefit, your community gets something beautiful, and then your local economic landscape gets better because then your community becomes a more specific place Becomes a place people want to visit and want to see and want to give into and support. Uh, we use this term "quality of place" yeah. in in um,
1: tourism. Throws that around a lot, okay? Too. Good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, yeah, in the arts uh, administration world, we talk a lot about a quality of place and talk about how we are in the business of making Jeffersonville a better place to live, um, and the arts is just an incredible multifaceted way to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think definitely in the past year, we've seen a lot of development of like the no-co space um, and how that's like shaped a little bit of how, you know, you can view downtown or like, and it's starting to like spread into other areas of the community. Um, but like for the layman, like quality of, of place or all of that, I think that's a good way to say like, We're giving our area more personality or, you know, more character. And it makes it easier to kind of describe where you live to someone else.
2: I always say that we are in the business of making Jeffersonville a more encouraging place to build your life. So whether that's encouragement of you're walking around and you're having a rough day and you see something beautiful and that makes it just a little bit better Or it's encouraging other people to come see your hometown and want to come visit you. Um, Or it's encouraging you to settle your roots here (laughs) and build your life here instead of somewhere else. Um, We saw in 2020 how, what a profound impact the arts can have on um, people's psychological well-being, you know, when when everything got very, very hard, people uh, took up crafting and they took up quilting and they took mm-hmm. up woodworking and they took up all of these things because something in our souls says we need that creative moment. We need that creative expression. And we just see that in the data. We see that um, that having a creative outlet, having something you're participating in uh, that's creative, does help support your well-being I personally think that your creative outlet should be community engagement (laughs) arts because again you get that health benefit and you get that that creative release but you're also contributing to the health and wellness of your community
1: what do you think from a public arts perspective are the hallmarks of a healthy, engaged community?
2: I mean, hallmarks of, I think, of a healthy arts community, um, you see diversity in your representation of the artists that are working and the artwork that is being produced. Um, I think you see community support for those projects. So I, I always say community projects are not possible without community support. So, if there is a very small group of people that are determining the aesthetics of your city, then I think there's a problem with that because there should be the community should be involved in the shaping of the way the city looks, but also the way the city feels. the The more arts initiatives you have, the more um, artistic expression you have the more specific your vibe gets. You know, Jeffersonville feels a certain way because of the arts that are in it, you know, because of the businesses that are in it, because of the local businesses that are in it. Um, And I think the community should have a voice in the way that's shaped. You know, you see hallmarks of of successful public art programs. You see very specific works of art that are there and there only (laughs) you see um diversity of voice that gets to contribute um you see communities rallying around um you see an ownership of of the artwork in the city you know it's not just oh yeah we have some art and it's pretty like it's like oh no like i have a specific piece that i care about because i helped put it in we this summer did a project that I'm very proud of. Um, We did the NOCO Mural Mile. And the NOCO Mural Mile is 1,800 linear feet of sidewalk mural on Pearl Street that goes from the Big Four Bridge to the NOCO District. Now, there's a utilitarian aspect to those murals that we wanted a path (laughs) from the bridge to NOCO. But we could have just painted those in, but we didn't want to just paint them in. Instead, we invited community members to come paint them in. So we cut large-scale stencils and invited people, anybody who could hold a brush, to come paint in these murals. So on the day we painted in the NOCO Mural Mile, we saw 176 community members coming to paint between the ages of 5 and, I think, 85. Um, And it was this incredible day-long effort to get all of these murals in and at the end of the day, the ownership and the pride over these murals w- was so incredible that some of these community members were even like, do you want us to come back and clear coat them? I want to make sure they survive. Um, we started getting responses from other groups of community members. I was like, so-and-so, you know, that I know helped paint in the murals and I would love to do a project that's similar in our neighborhood. There, There's such a beautiful sense of coming together when you invite the community in to getting to shape what their what their community looks like when i was teaching one of the things that was really important to me was giving students a legitimate task giving them something that they actually have to rise up to and you know we gave 176 people who just signed up on facebook permanent concrete stain and told them to go paint city sidewalks you know and they're what we saw was that people when they're given a legitimate community task a legitimate way to give back a really beautiful rising up happens um when they feel like what they're doing really matters like it's gonna stay it's we're not gonna paint over it you know we're it's here to stay. Um, we saw this beautiful care and this beautiful intentionality take over,
1: speaking of noco, um, north of court, north of court. How did that project come about? The
2: district as a whole?
1: yeah, the district for I guess what is the district? Because okay. there seems to be some like level of confusion. They think it's just the water tower or they no. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I gotcha. okay. so. The NOCA Arts and Cultural District stands for the North of Court. Court Avenue is the kind of dividing line between historic downtown and the Arts and Cultural District. Uh, The Arts and Cultural District is an area of town that has been specifically set aside by the city of Jeff for the development of artists, artistic businesses, artistic community engagement, um Artistic display, <laughs> all sorts of various ways of seeing uh, our creative humanity take place. Uh, the district is a district of town in the same way that historic downtown is a district. So it is a collection of spaces, businesses, enterprises. So in Historic Downtown, you know, you have multiple different businesses. Same thing in the Arts and Cultural District. What makes the Arts and Cultural District specific is that those things that make up that collection all support the arts. So in NOCO, we have the NOCO Arts Center, which is a community art making space. Um, for those longtime Jeff listeners, uh, that's the old Gray and Wells building. That uh, NOCO Art Center is for community art making. It also has eight in-residence studio artists that have full-time studio space down there. Then we have our little art park area. So the water tank, the story trail, the NOCO wildflowers, they all kind of form our little art park. That space is there for kind of outdoor programming. and the story trail, we publish local student authors on. Uh, the water tank kind of forms our iconic anchor artwork for the district. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it kind of forms the, ar- the iconic anchor artwork for the district, but the district is so much more than the water tank. But it is kind of our symbol. Um, behind the water tank is the paint box garden. That's a brand new element to the district, which is a garden that, um, is full of plants that can be used for natural fibers dyeing and that support, you know, ecological processes with fibers. Uh, plus it adds a little beauty in, in the spring. It's a really nice place to come sit. Uh, then we also have Picasso Point which is our family artistic play space. So if you want to play hopscotch or twister, um, those are already painted in for you at Picasso point. Uh, In the district is also maker 13, which is our local maker space. Um, And we have Preston art center, our local art supply store. Uh, We have Hoosiers hardware, a local hardware store, um, We have Morgan's Cookies, we have the Vintage Fire Museum, the Clark County History Museum, and the list just goes on. Um, And our hope is that eventually we'll have so many people in the district that it's hard to even list it in this kind of compact fashion. Um, One of the beautiful things about NOCO is that it is still in development. So there is so much that is going into the district um, that it's hard to even – communicate the amount of ideas for the district in a concise fashion. Um, just last week, we cut the ribbon on the new NOCO t- no digital gallery space. So this is six 55 inch digital panels that now form permanent outdoor accessible art gallery for the community. Um, right now, the mayoral Christmas card is being displayed in that art gallery. <laughs> but our hope is to display all sorts of things in that gallery. Um, but you can come view it anytime you want because it's, it's open all the time. And it's on a sidewalk. It's, per, it's 100% free and accessible. Um, so that, that is what NOCO is. NOCO is a space for arts that is in development. We are fortunate to live in a city that values public art and gives a portion of you know, tax income to support public art now of course you know we work with other city groups and tourism and um all sorts of different groups to make it possible but yeah yeah
1: how do you get buy-in from the community
2: so you get i think you can get buy-in from the community in a variety of ways you know you get buy-in from giving them a voice in what is being done um You get buy-in when you are doing projects that affect them directly. So, you know, working in neighborhoods, um, we are developing right now the NOCO Artmobile that's going to go into neighborhoods and do artwork in the neighborhoods. There's going to be buy-in there because it's going to provide access to people who didn't have access before. You can provide buy-in by... You can't provide buy-in. You can get buy-in by um, giving people an active role in participating in the project. So the NoCo Mural Mile is an excellent example. Um, Also meeting people where they're at. So, you know, you want to connect artists uh, to your community. (laughs) Then you've got to bring your artists to your community and your community to your artists. So we just hosted the NoCo Holiday Market. Uh, people need Christmas gifts, and artists want to sell their artwork. So we provide a market that is a subsidized, low booth rental market, so that way artists come, and it's financially feasible for them to be there. And then your community has a chance to see the talent in your in your area.
1: How did that go, the holiday market? Because uh, listeners will remember – that uh chris palmer and dan mahoney from the alcove mentioned that they were going to be uh there uh doing the uh, food service and drink service correct
2: so they provided one food service yes we also had burt's quality provisions there as another food service but they were the bar service
1: oh nice so how did that holiday market go just a little update on the holiday it went
2: really well we were very excited um from about two to six p.m we had a good number of community members. We had solid flow through the whole the experience. The vendors were very pleased. Um, it was a really fun atmosphere. <laughs> we had caroling groups there that were caroling around the different vendors. And um, we got to see all – we got to see three spaces in NOCO all kind of used at the same time. Yeah, what,
1: for, yeah, what is the depot? <laughs>
2: okay, yeah. So <laughs> the, the depot is an artistic event space. So when you walk into the depot, there, it's a, there's multiple things going on. Um, you have some of the containers that people see when they drive by. The ones on the bottom are there and set up to be low-cost artistic brick and mortar. So they're there for artists to be able to set up their wares and sell and have a space that's designed for that. And then you have a stage, uh, a nice small intimate stage. You have a space in the middle that is designed for bar service. You have a space off to the side that is designed for food trucks to come park. And then viewing platforms up top, places for people to mill, um, and common experience. So it's this really fun, funky space full of beautiful murals um, that is designed to have multiple art forms come together. So food, bar, visual, music all come together to support a community experience and to support small business development.
1: So uh, aspirationally speaking, uh, what what kinds of events are you hoping are kind of held at uh, the depot?
2: Well, our hope is that this, this will be a regular use space. So this will be a space that will allow us to have artists and musicians and Uh, food down there regularly so people can interact with lots of different art forms and um, To encourage people to be in NOCO and and to see all of the other beautiful developments that are down there Um, We this year we held uh, Five events down there. We held four weekends of Depot experience called Depot days in October and November where we, ha- we brought in bands, we brought in artists, we brought in food trucks, and launched the depot the way that we, we would like to see it exist. And then we held the holiday market. The holiday market was a larger uh, event that the depot was a part of. <clears throat> so we had artists in the depot. We had the alcove there doing bar and burts there doing food. Um, and the alcove was doing food as well. We brought in some local groups to carol. Uh, It was a more informal music experience. And then we had eight artists in the depot. We had 10 artists in the NOCA Art Center and 10 artists in Maker 13. And then we shut down the street, um, decorated it all for Christmas, put some heaters in the center and encouraged people to walk between the three buildings. And we saw this really really cool experience happened. So all of these different artists we had uh, 28 artists total um, all selling different kinds of work. Some of the work had been made right there in the no card Center or maker 13 and people got to interact with the artists and eat local food and drink local drinks and hear local talent and it really um, it was a very encouraging night.
0: So, how does that space kind of fit into the overall mission of public art?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, so the depot, our hope is I mean, one of our big tenements is bringing arts to the community. And it is a space that is specifically designed for arts of various kinds to have, to be able to host a couple hundred community members there and have, um, Very self-contained, easily set up, easily teared down events. Um, And I would say the the district as a whole and things like the holiday market, um, we – building artistic business and helping these artists have a sustainable way to make a living um, is a really important thing to us because if our artists aren't able to support themselves financially, then – you know, who are we going to go to when we want to put in a new public art piece? Um, so providing things like a market with a, um, an easily accessible booth fee allows artists to get their first foot in the door uh, to, to start building their business, to, to know they're going to make a profit when they come to our market. Um, and that lets them come back and participate in our community more.
1: Right. So you, you, you had mentioned earlier, I, I forgot exactly what you called it, but I have written here mobile art studio. Is that the actual uh, term for it or what are you guys using internally?
2: So we've, we've been calling it, you know, <laughs> the mobile art studio, the NOCO Mobile. It doesn't quite have a name yet because it doesn't quite exist yet. Oh, okay. Um, we did receive a grant from Samtech. Um, To help the Samtech cares grant is allowing us to create this this year So partially this is going to be sponsored by the Jeffersonville Public Art Commission And large part it's going to be sponsored by Samtech This um, mobile art studio is going to allow us to bring everything we need um, To community centers, to um, neighborhoods, to parking lots and do pop-up art classes and art experiences. So that way we're trying to lessen the barrier of entry that transportation causes um, because a lot of members of our community maybe want to participate in the arts but don't have that transportation piece. So it allows us to take the arts to the people.
1: I don't know if it'll be exactly obvious based on the episode itself, but speaking with you is part of of a series on New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are two, like the most common New Year's resolutions I've come across. At, you know First, uh, get in shape, and second, get some sort of hobby, participate in some sort of art or, or something like that. So I guess on, on that note, how do you start? If you've never done any art whatever, how, how do you start? Where, where would you start?
2: Well, there's a couple of access points in our community. A um, couple of ways to get involved on this side of the river that I can just think of off the top of my head. Um, one is if you want something more formal. So you want you want somebody to help you, you want a coach. Um, I would say taking a class is a great way to get started. So the Pre- Preston Arts Center in Jeff – offers some really great introductory classes that they teach all sorts of different kinds of things um, they put together a pamphlet at the beginning of each quarter that talks about all of their classes for that whole calendar so you can go and, and plan these classes in advance you don't have to just like take them immediately so I would stop into Preston Art Center Jeffersonville ask for their their class roster and they'll they'll get help you get started um, if you're a more self-directed individual that wants to just kind of try things out, um, I would check out Maker 13, which is a local maker space. Uh, maker 13 allows the community to join um, in a membership-based fashion, kind of like a gym. And uh, you, when you join, you can then um, get certified to use a variety of different kinds of equipment in their space and when I'm talking about equipment what I'm talking about is a full wood shop and 3d printers and laser cutters and a 16 needle embroiderer and um a metal shop and all sorts of different um different tools to make your dreams a reality so if you have something that's needling in the back of your head but you're like dang like i would really i need a sewing machine or i need you know this to make that possible um maker 13 enables that so i would encourage you to go down there and check it out take a tour um they're all they're very friendly they're willing to give you a tour no commitments you can just come down and, and take a look but personally you know once you take a tour i'm just you know you're gonna wind up a member, it's just gonna happen. Another great way to get involved is to come volunteer with us at Public Art. So if you go to jeffersonvilleart.com, we have a large green button that says volunteer with Public Art. And I put all the big arts opportunities that are gonna happen through Public Art each season on that site, and you can come and volunteer. We are always searching for volunteers. And this is a great way to participate in maybe some of these larger things that happen in our community. So public art comes to Abbey Road. You know, public art does things like No Comer Mile. We do the neighborhood art mobiles. We do – we, you know, host – Events and and experiences and classes and workshops and all different things. Our our calendar is always changing, so we have less of a static program. Um, so if you're just trying to meet some people in the arts or, or figure things out for the first time, coming to volunteer for a couple hours, you know, is a is a really great way to get involved. Um, if you're looking for more specific uh, types of artistic engagement. You know, if you're like, I want to take a painting class or I want to get involved with this kind of gallery, you know, you can reach out to me. It's e-dippy at cityofjeff.net. And I can help get you connected. There's actually a lot of really great arts organizations in the area. Um, The Arts Alliance of Southern Indiana does classes. And there's the Louisville Visual Art Association across the river. There's a lot of really excellent opportunities. Um, But it can sometimes be you know, kind of scary or hard to get connected to those people. So part of my role as public art administrator is to get people connected to the arts. So I'm happy to help you out.
0: And what if someone wants to get connected to the arts and uh, more of like a, like a, I want to take in more art or learn more about art. Um, we, we focused a lot on like NOCO so far. Are there other places where people can take in public art uh, around the area here?
2: Well, I mean, on jeffersonvilleart.com, we do have a map of all of the public art in the area. So if you're like, hey, I want to take a tour of my own city and see the incredible things that exist in our city, we have a, we have a fully compiled map for you. <laughs> and we have it sorted by type. So you can feel free to, um, to take a tour. We have over 70 pieces of public art in the city of Jeff. Um, it's, a, it's actually a really incredible permanent collection. Also, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we have the new digital art gallery in NOCO. So if you're looking to just take in some really beautiful pieces of art, our goal is for that art gallery to be accessible to you. And so if you want to come and just view art, that's a great way to view it. Um, Another great way to take in more art or purchase art Um, is to come to the arts markets that happen in our area um, or the ones we host in NOCO. Uh, Great way to find out about those is to follow Jeffersonville Art or NOCO Arts Cultural on Facebook or Instagram. Um, Jeffersonville Art, we post everything that's going on uh, that in the public art scene in the noco scene uh, here in jeff so that's a great way if you want to follow those pages to find out about events that are happening or um, when shows change over for my more professional artists that are maybe looking to get involved in the jeff scene um, we do post our requests for proposals they're always uh, broad calls and those are also on jeffersonvilleart.com we have a big pink button that says paid commissions up at the top. You can click on that and it'll take you to any open public art calls from Jeff Public Art.
1: In five years, where do you hope to see, uh, what do you hope that the state of public art in Jeffersonville is in five years?
2: Thriving. Thriving. <laughs> what, what does
0: thriving look like to you?
2: Well, I would hope in five years that, you know, the no courts and cultural district is a place that people are at every weekend and that people are down there all the time and i hope that we're seeing um record levels of community engagement and you know people people know how to get involved with the arts and jeff and we are a hub for artistic engagement i guess would be my biggest hope that we are a hub whether that's community or amount of public art we put in um I I have hopes that um, the amount of community support will enable just incredible amounts of community projects and that Jeff is going to get more and more encouraging to live here. So
1: this is the second episode of this podcast. And at the time when we talked to uh, um, uh, Chris and Dan at the Alcove, we didn't have this question, but I think I'm going to stick with it because I, I think it always elicits an interesting response and can you know, kind of get us somewhere and just, just really wrap it up nicely. Um, who is or was your mentor? The person without whom you would not be where you are today.
2: Well, I'm very blessed to come from a family of two involved parents. So I can't not answer this question without like giving a shout out to my mom and dad. But I would say there are two people who were in my community in college that made a really big impact on who I am today. One um, was my art education professor, Dr. Rebecca Williams. Uh, she took a real investment in me in college and encouraged me to, to grow and pursue professionally. Um, you know, she took me to <clears throat> my first conference when I presented for the first time and gave me enough confidence to do that, and she – um, you know, read through my my horrible first draft of my thesis and um, did a lot of that professional work with me um, and it is still a really incredible cheerleader for me today. Um, the second community member, um, her name is Jane, and she uh, was a college pastor in our town, but I wasn't a pro- participant in her congregation um but she for a couple of years in college took me to lunch once a week for for several years and she just talked to me and cared about me and you know I slept in her basement one night when I didn't have anywhere to sleep and she um that that community effort that it, it, Taking in a college kid and just taking her to lunch once a week and pouring into her and teaching her and helping guide her um, changed my life. You know, those lunches changed my life. Um, so I would say professionally, Rebecca really poured in and cared. And then Jane was a big guide personally. And what I, I love, if I can kind of wrap it back to what we've been talking about in this episode, um is those were two community members that took an interest and cared about someone in their community and did what they could for their community. And now I'm here. And you never know the impact you're going to have on somebody just by something small. And you never know the impact you're going to have by um, just trying to build beauty in your community any way you can.
1: What do you hope your impact is?
2: I mean, I don't know how to put that exactly into words. I hope that I leave this community better than I found it. I hope that um, people look back at the projects that I participated in and say that they made their lives better in some way. Whether that was you know, giving somebody their first market slot or their first commission, or they like the piece I put in down the road from them and it made their day better one day. I just hope that the projects we do uplift people.
0: For more information about Jeffersonville Public Art and how to get involved, go to jeffersonvilleart.com.
1: For a full listing of events happening in southern Indiana, go to gosowin.com slash events.
0: Thank you for listening and see you next time.